Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today, we're going to talk about helping you with building sexual desire. In this solo episode, I will focus mostly on men because we had a previous episode where in which we talked about women's sexual health and specifically last week we talked about women's desire and increasing the desire. So that's why in this week's episode, we're focusing on men. And if you are interested to have the checklist of the things that you can do to improve your sex drive, Today, you can find the checklist, you can download it for free in the show notes of this episode. A couple of years ago, I had this episode, which was solo episode again, and I talked about low desire in men. And I got many follow-up questions from many men and people that they love them about low desire and the challenges they have. And I found that there was some questions that I remained unanswered in that episode. That's why I'm doing a follow-up now. And uh, one of my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Janet Brito, had me in her class a few weeks ago. I was was talking about this topic as well. And I curated the questions that fellow therapists had in that group. And also I added some of the questions that you guys sent me before. And I'm trying to answer those questions today. If you have a sex-related question, it's been a while since I announced that you can record your voice, your audio in our website. Uh, You can go to sexologypodcast.com and record your anonymous question there and we will answer it in the podcast. So if you want an individualized question, your question answered, that's a great place to send it to us. So let's talk about male libido. At the heart of this question about the challenge that many men have when it comes around their sexuality and sex drive is this misconception that many of us have. This idea that a man is always interested in and always ready for sex. We almost have this image of a healthy man being a sex machine, being able to have an erection, be ready for sex on demand. And what happens is when there is an opportunity to have sex, and if a man is not ready or willing, then they think that there's something wrong with them. Their partner assume that they don't find them attractive. In reality, there's so many different things that can impact our sex drive. And everything is from kind of overall sexual health, overall a kind of state of mind, all of those things can impact our drive. So if you continue to struggle to find drive and excitement to have sex, maybe it's not a sexual drive issue. It could be a number of different things. I'll talk more about it in this episode. But I wanted to start with talking about what is sexual desire. People think that sexual desire is this biological thing. This is something that that kind of comes from our uh, hormones and something that jumpstarts our sexual experiences. 
yes, part of it could be physiological reaction, but also it's a motivational state. And also there's a component of emotional and cognitive condition to it. So for in order for us to feel sexual desire, we need to have combination of these things. And for most people, if there is something missing or they're struggling in one of those areas, that will impact their willingness to want to have sex. Interestingly, many people think that women, women's and men's sexual desire systems are identical. There are so many interesting studies that show that there are some differences in sexual desire system between different genders. As a side note, one of the things that you guys requested was to have more researchers on the show. So therefore, I invited some researchers that they're doing exciting interesting research on sexual desire in our future episodes. So make sure you're staying in tune for those research. But again, thinking about, yes, there are some similarities between men's and women's sexual desire is useful, but also think about there are some differences. So I think it's important to keep in mind that this is a challenge that's very common. I was looking at statistics and talks about up to in some research studies, 40% of men at times struggle with low sexual desire. The number is very variant and there's a number of different reasons for it that I'm not going to get into it here because it's not a research design class. But the, even the conservative estimates, it's somewhere between 15% to 25%. Some, some people who seek therapy for, for this challenge, they have a diagnosis the medical diagnosis, kind of psychological diagnosis of it called hypoactive sexual desire disorder. These are the men who continue to struggle with having sexual erotic thoughts, fantasies. They're not sexual. They don't engage in sexual activities. And in order to qualify for this diagnosis, you have to struggle with this for six months and you need to be worried about this. It needs to create distress for you because sometimes people people are not necessarily in distress about it. People at times, they ask about a difference between asexuality and low desire and uh, men with hypoactive sexual desire disorder. They are, they want to have a good sex drive, not only because of the relationship, just because they think sexual health is important versus people who are asexual. Maybe they are, uh, they want to improve their desire or ability to be able to to be sexual because of their partner. I think that's that's an important uh, distinction to make. And if you're curious about what leads to uh, challenges in desire, it's usually uh, there are a few areas that contribute to it. It could be a biological factors, it could be psychological factors and interpersonal factors. <laughs> So biological factors are the one that most people are familiar with. If you have hormonal issues, if you have hormonal imbalance, that can contribute to your struggle with sexual sex drive. If you have low testosterone, the diagnosis you would get would be androgen deficiency, and that, that will impact your energy, your sex drive. Yes, testosterone are important as a side note, but I feel like because of the promotion that was done by a number of different pharmaceutical 
companies, that is what many men are preoccupied with. It. They, they come to my office and say, well, I'm lower in the normal range. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. If you are in a lower and normal range, it doesn't mean like the higher, the better, because I see sometimes people seek treatments when it's not indicated and it just creates all sorts of other issues for them. But as I said, the hormones can be a source of challenge, not only even testosterone hormones, other hormones such as cortisol, such as progesterone, all those those things also can contribute to our challenges with sex drive. That's why it's important to have a balanced lifestyle. If you're struggling, if you're thinking the issue is hormones, then maybe talking to your medical doctor or urologist can be a good good factor. If you had medical illnesses like diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, cancer, those kind of things also can impact your desire level. Definitely your medication can contribute with low desire. One of the things I do with my clients when they come in, I ask them about the list of medication they take, not because I'm a physician, I need to know, What's important at times we don't we're not we don't have awareness around the side effect of our medication and many of the psychiatric medication they cause sexual dysfunction or contribute to it. I'm not saying that you have to stop taking your medication, but there are minor adjustments that your physician, your psychiatrist can do to help you regain your sexual spark. There are a number of psychological factors also that are very important. I want you to pay really close attention to them. One is mood. So if you are depressed, if you are you're experiencing low consistent mood, that that will impact your desire. Sometimes many men who come into my office, they're telling me that when I ask them, are you depressed? They share with me that, you know, no, I'm not depressed. But when I ask about their somatic symptoms, like their sleep pattern, their diet, their energy level, we unfold that they are depressed. They just don't have the emotional awareness around it. So many of us, for example, struggle with mood challenges last year because of the pandemic, because of the thing that happened globally. And of course, that can impact our overall health and also our sexual desire. So if you're feeling depressed, low, anxious, that can be a source of source of low desire for you. Eating disorders are something else that can impact your, it can impact your desire. Sexual trauma definitely can impact your desire. So I think it's important to take an honest look at what's happening in your life. What are you feeling on day-to-day basis to see if there is a correlation. It's always, I tell my clients that it's a really good habit to take temperature of your mood and emotion on daily basis. I often tell people to journal about it. You can put it on your phone or there are a number of different systems like apps that you can log your emotion. I think it's good behavior to do it two to three, good practice to do it two to three times per day to kind of understand the patterns of mood that you're having. The 
other one that's very interesting, it's sexual orientation. McCarty's are a well-known sex therapists, so they're couples. And on one of the books that they had, they talked about the low desire in men being the challenge of having a secret. What they meant was that sometimes there are sexual orientation changes, or as we know, I guess a better word is like our sexual fluidity, orientation fluidity, and people no longer are interested in their partners. I know it's one of those scary concepts that many partners are scared of. I want to talk more about it in a minute. Or it could be unconventional interest that your partner has or you have, and that gets in the way of you guys having exciting sex life. I had work with few couples that they were no longer attracted to their partner. They truly care about their partner, didn't want to hurt them. But throughout the year, they their attraction shifted from being attracted to same sex or opposite sex to the other direction. So they were seeking pleasure from porn, not because they were porn addicts. It's just because what was exciting them and that chapter of life was something different that the partner couldn't provide for them. It doesn't mean that it means that their, their sex life cannot be good again with their partner, but it requires having some tough conversation that many people are not willing to have. Sometimes we develop very narrow sexual fantasy lives. We kind of somehow we get fixated on specific fantasies and we're not able to enact them with our partner. We don't have the willingness to talk about it with our partner or perhaps our partners partner are not open to doing kind of engaging in those things and therefore that uh, we're not interested to have sex with them sometimes sexual boredom i know i talk about sexual boredom a lot but what i find often is sometimes when people are saying that i don't want to have sex with my partner i'm not excited about sex and having sex anymore for them, it's more about not being excited about the type of the sex they're having. Maybe they don't have the idea of how can spice things up. We have a number of different resources here in our website around that. Or they just don't think their partner will go along with, with the fantasy that they have. And it's easier for them to seek. They get their needs met through porn and not have those conversations. And slowly, partner drift away and drift apart. And that's why many people come to counseling, kind of thinking about my partner has low desire. But in reality, the issue is that they're not interested in the kind of sex that they have. So I think it's important to take an honest view of what's happening happening for you. What excites you sexually? I want you to kind of like think about the kind of a porn that you're watching. Is there a common theme to that? Is that something that you explore with your partner or perhaps your partner looks, body, things shifted and that that leads to loss of excitement. And I know again, some of these concepts are politically incorrect because the expectation is when you're marrying someone, when you're in a relationship with someone, you love them for better and worse and for the remainder of their lives. I'm married. I know where you're coming from, but sometimes our sexual desire and spark goes away. And that's something we don't have as much control over unless we we are trying to be intentional about it and seeks resources for that something else that i notice a lot 
is the religious and cultural beliefs that gets in the way of people experiencing pleasure and desire. As you guys know that I have a quiz that I invite people to take and based on the responses, they will get the guide, guideline around how, how they can improve their sex life. And uh, one of the questions asked about the religious belief. And so far, 2000 individuals took that to quiz and 95% of them reported that sexual desire, premarital sexual relationship in their religion were sinful and masturbation was sinful and it impacted how they view sex. So it's something that's so rooted in upbringing of many of us that can create some unconscious challenges around sex and sexuality because it's common for people to masturbate in time, this time and age, people often have premarital sexual life and the fact that they're doing it, it doesn't mean that they, they resolve those thoughts and limiting belief about sex and premarital sex. And that, that can create a conflict in them that shows up as low desire. The other challenge is sometimes it's hard for people to see their partner when it turns to a mother as an object of desire because then they're struggling with this Madonna whore complex and it's hard for them to experience lustful thoughts about someone who's who is in this role of motherhood and that creates some challenges i've certainly seen it in lots of my clients who grew up in church in religious communities really struggling with tapping into their sexual energy because of all of those messaging and also sex in long-term relationship requires an effort maybe effort is not the best word for it but we need to be intentional if you are having the same food, if you're in a monogamous relationship years after years, in order to keep it exciting, it's important for you to make sure that you're mindful, you're paying attention to it. So it's completely different if you are having a hookup sex. Another psychological challenge that can impact our desire is the history of sexual abuse. So if you had sexual sexual abuse history, you haven't worked through it, that can impact your desire. I've seen it many, many times in survivors that I work with that at times they don't even have recollection of what happened to them. They have somatic memories and that impact their desire. At times they have people that they feel dysregulated. They have out of control sexual behavior because of that. And sometimes people shut down their sexuality because sometimes experiencing trauma can disorient us. So maybe the person, the perpetrator was same sex or opposite sex. And we identify as someone who belongs to a different sexual orientation. And these desires to act on this trauma memory can impact our self-concept, our self-esteem, and can be very confusing. And sometimes it might be easier to shut down that part of us. We are doing a mini series on sexual trauma survivors and reclaiming your sexuality. Two of my wonderful colleagues published two great books and I just read it last month. So they're going to be in our show to go deeper on this topic because this is something very important. Other things that impact our desire, if you have a substance use disorder, if you're hooked on drugs, there was a study that showed that it was 2009 that they showed that 
on average, men who were using substances, prescription drugs, 38% of them, they said they were struggling with lower sex drive. Some of the medication, some of the substances that lead to a lower desire are opioids such as Vicodin, Oxycodone, Percocet, heroin. So if you're hooked on drug, that also can impact your desire. Last thing I want to talk about is interpersonal factors because our relationship, quality of our relationship can impact our desire. So if you're bickering with partner all the time, I see it every day that people are coming in and they say, I don't want to have sex with my partner. But what happens is that their partner said something hurtful to them, hurtful to them that would kind of really wounded them. Of course, you don't want to have sex with someone that you're angry at, you're resentful at. Maybe first couple times for people, first couple of years, it's not going to be as impactful. But if it's accumulation of years and years of frustration and disappointment, that can do a number in our desire. I had clients that they felt that their partner didn't have their back and that impacted their desire. So it's important to see what's happening in your relationship that possibly impacts your desire. It's helpful to think about that when you talk about the kind of clinical diagnosis, it's a lack of having sexual thoughts and fantasies and sexual activity. If you have a different level of desire with your partner, your partner wants more sex, you want less par- uh, less uh, kind of sexual activity, that, that's completely normal. Couples go to different stages in the relationship and that's something they can negotiate with. You can each work around it. And oftentimes that is not a disorder. It's a relationship stage that you need to work through. And sometimes when you have a partner that you're struggling sexually, that can impact our sexual desire. At times I work with women whose sex is painful for them. And after a few years, their partner struggle, starts struggling with desire because they love their partner. They don't want to have sex with them when they see pain in their partner's face whenever they're having sex. And again, it's a no-fault situation, but that can impact our desire and enthusiasm for sex. At time, I work with people that they have chronic illnesses and that impact their desire as well. And sometimes it's common for, I guess, some of the men that I would see in my practice that their partners struggle with experiencing orgasm and that impacts their excitement and that can the message that they are getting from that is that my partner doesn't like me they don't want to be sexual with me and that long term can impact people's desire so it's important to take an honest look at what's happening in your life what's happening in your relationship that contributes to this and kind of thinking about creating this plan for yourself you can download the list of suggestions I have in the show notes. I'm kind of working through, okay, which one of these are a challenge? Which one I can start working, working with to improve my desire? If the issue is that there you are attracted to something that your partner, you haven't discussed it with your partner, if that is something that you feel shameful to talk about it, if your solution is I'm just going to stop thinking about it and I'm just going to put it aside and it will get resolved, I can almost guarantee that it's just going to get worse. So my invitation for you is to think about how can I talk about this with my partner 
And if you feel shameful, you're not able to talk about it, my invitation for you is to find a therapist, sex therapist that can help you to have those conversations with our partners. So sometimes our partner will be more open if we're talking about these things in front of someone else, like a third party. And sometimes a third party can coach us on how to say what's in our mind. But your sexual health is important. And I always say our sexual erotic templates are very different. Things we're into are very different. And there is nothing wrong if you like something that it's not compatible with your partner. It's something that like any other difference in taste needs to be addressed and needs to be worked on. All right, this was uh, some of the suggestion I had for you guys around kind of like identifying the sources. I, I want you to kind of think about kind of creating this comprehensive plan and kind of giving yourself some time kind of thinking about, okay, I'm going to work on this item by item maybe for next three months. And if this is something that you find it's continue to be a challenge, I invite you to definitely contact a professional therapist that can help you with these issues. You're always to contact us. I recently graduated a few of my clients, which was super exciting. And I would be happy to help you if you are a good fit. And if we are a good fit for each other, I see people I'm licensed in California. I see people in California and I do coaching with my client all around the globe. And I hope that you found the content useful. If you want us to talk more about parts of this, please let us know. And otherwise, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.com sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.